In this episode of Eager to Know, why taking a break can make all the difference and the crazy pre-cell phone concept of having to set places and times to meet friends. We all have a creative part of our brain, whether we use it or not, for generating new ideas, problem solving, and just viewing ourselves in this world. I am Ricky McGeckron, an artist living in Chicago, and I am eager to know and share with you all how people of a creative leaning have brought this way of thinking to the forefront and how it has shifted outcomes. Brad Leslie is a Chicago-based artist. We used to share a studio together along with fellow painter David Joseph. Brad was a great studio mate, his artwork was inspiring to be around, and we had a very creative, supportive relationship. So do you think it's helpful to be around other people in the production of the work? Or would like would the best case scenario for you to be uh, you're working by yourself and then you like usher everybody in for feedback when it's available, when, when you need it? That's a yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I some it depends. You know, it really depends on the kind of day I'm having. Sure. Right. Some days I just want to go. And I, I, I want to be left. You know how it is. I, I mean, we're artists. You know, I want to go. I want to be left alone. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. And then other days, like when when um, David's there, um, I really enjoy that because it's motivating. And I think that, um, like when you were there and when David's there, I think it's good because we have this understanding. You know, it's a. Uh, it's an open workspace, but if I'm over here doing my thing and you're over there doing yours, we don't need to talk right. necessarily. Sure. But it's there if you want to. Right. So I do find being being in an open space like that challenging sometimes. Okay. Just especially when other other people are, you know, that don't really belong in the space are coming through. Yes, and I've definitely witnessed that happening and uh, and the uh, the disruption it causes. Right. So you mentioned that sometimes you like to go to the studio and like not want to talk to anyone. Do you feel that being in that creative space um, is a source of comfort to you when say you're not feeling your best or you're in a bad mood? Does being in that creative space, do you see that as like an escape type of situation? Yeah, well put, and and very much so. Um, it's it is, and and I, sometimes it's a challenge for me because it's all the way over on the other side of town. Yeah, and and well, and I believe this is, I mean, a factor for you why you moved. I mean, one of the reasons because sometimes when I think about that commute, especially it's daunting. <laughs> it's daunting, it's especially daunting. on the red line. You know, it's yeah. it's I I mean I like sitting on the train and getting there, but I mean you know, you see it's like you yeah. see a but lot. But once you get there, you feel Once I get there and and I'm in the space, then I feel like I can shut the door and shut out all the maybe like all I mean pretty much all the other things I have on my mind. Really? Yeah. S- interesting. Now, do you ever feel that that process of creating the painting is like stressful because it's it's problem solving. At least right. for me, it is. It's a, I always feel like it's a problem solving project. It, um, it does that cause you stress and distress, or is it ju- just a purely escapist? 
experience for you wherever all anything related to like stress is gone it's all you're just like in this little world well i would love it if it was if it was purely escapist yeah but that said i think that the you hit on it it's it's solving a puzzle um and i like that kind of challenge because if i if i'm not in the studio trying to solve problems like that that I've created with a piece of work then I'm applying that to other things in my life maybe you know uh, not in the best way possible so okay. it's it's sort of like sublimation for me it's sort of like I'm taking all this sort of um, obsessive compulsive energy yep and putting it into a painting, and you're put, and you're putting it into something that you really can, really influence, as opposed to when you're trying to uh, solve puzzles and problems in the world outside the studio. There's so much that's not in your control, um, you know. Whereas you're you're pretty much in control of what goes on the canvas. Yeah, exactly right. Because you realize that outside of the studio i mean even in the studio sometimes you know a painting's not going well yeah. and you don't know what to do and you have to like i i have learned sometimes i just have to walk away but in life i mean that's and and you know in life that's harder to do yeah yeah so, well sometimes that's a sometimes that is a um you know sometimes i think that is a good thing to do when you have a problem in life you can't fully walk away but at least take a break well, you know, and I can give you a really good example of that. Um, I was working on one of the pieces I've been working on currently, which is a which is a portrait. And portraits are always challenging because it has to look like that person, or it has to have you know the essence. For me, it's about getting the essence of the person. Sure. So I was working on the uh, a current piece that I'm working on and it was very close to being right. Yep. Except the the face was too long. Right. So it's like well I can either, you know, move the the eyes down and shorten the face that way or move the mouth up. Okay. And the eyes were great so I was like no, I'm not I'm not going to mess with those. Yep. And that was David's advice which was great. It was his input. But I was stuck because I thought I really like this, but I need to fix it, but I don't want to mess it up. Yeah. You know that situation? Yep. So I left it alone for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And mainly because I was scared of it. You know, it was daunting. But then when I went back to it, it was amazing that once I started, it just all fell into place. Something opened up. Well, and I will tell you that what I think it is is when there is a problem and you do walk away from it, your subconscious mind keeps, my subconscious mind keeps working on it. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you've had that experience. Uh, well, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, yes, I've had that experience, but also I kind of relate that to like dreams because I feel like dreaming is your brain processing and resolving things that are happening in the real world. So you kind of wake up refreshed. I think that's why you wake up refreshed when you have a problem. You go to sleep and sleep on it. Mm -hmm. You wake up the next morning. And I kind of feel like that's the same thing with paintings. Mm -hmm. I know that for certain, if I'm working on a painting all day, 
When I come in the next morning, it looks completely different. Oh, completely different. Absolutely. And you could be in this. That's why it's just important to take breaks. And, um, and which I'm not, by the way, I'm not great at. So do you feel like that sort of applies to other areas in, in life for you? That um, taking a break, sleeping on it in general. I mean, do you think that's kind of a universal uh, concept that everyone would appreciate? That just taking a break, your things, your brain is going to keep working on it and and trying to resolve. Mm-hmm. And- mm-hmm. I do, I do. In fact, um, I recently read. I started reading about, I read a lot about time management because it's an issue for me. And um, there's something called the, uh, I don't know if you're familiar, it's called the Pomodoro method. I'm not familiar with this. Okay. And it's very, very simple. There's there's more to it, but I'm going to give you the, the, the very simple version, which is just you work for about 25 minutes and then you take a five minute break. Okay. And that's the basis of it. Um, and... So I, I, cause I'm, I love apps and, and, you know, they help me structure things. And I find as, as an artist, especially doing my own thing, I really need to impose that structure, but there's an app that I, that I started using and I was in the studio the other day and I was using it and it was, it was, uh, revolutionary to me because I have never worked this way before. Meaning taking a break after 25 minutes. After, yeah. And um, the science behind that is that like 25 minutes is about the sweet spot. After 25 minutes, your mind starts to stray a bit. Okay. So with the five-minute break, again, you, you, you come back refreshed, and maybe you have a few minutes to let you know a problem or whatever you're working on, you let it simmer a little bit, and then you go back. Okay. In that five minutes, do you... Uh, what do you do? Do you walk away completely? I walk away completely. Okay. Yeah. And and I don't know. Do you meditate or do you like go check email or? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I just started doing it. So what I did was, um, yeah, sometimes like a couple times I just sat there, you know, and just allowed myself to sit and, and think because frankly... Um, you know, being always on because we are right with our phones, it doesn't give us that downtime. It doesn't give me the downtime. Yeah. So there are times when I, you know, like when you, when you used to sit sort of in daydream, maybe you were on the bus or maybe whatever. And now that we have our phones, there's a constant, um, distraction. Okay. So. I sometimes mindfully, and I was, uh, I did that a few times during these breaks, just mindfully said, okay, I'm not going to do anything right now. I'm not, I'm going to put down the phone. I'm going to put everything down and I'm just going to hang out and maybe look around the room. Okay. And just be. Right. Yeah. One thing I started doing this summer was, um, cause you know, living, I, I live in Andersonville and uh, which is in you know, Chicago, and we're right near the lake. And walking along the lake in the nice weather is really easy to do. It's it's quite lovely, right? And but I would leave my phone at home. Oh, so that's great. I and I would go by myself, and I wasn't listening to music. I wasn't mm-hmm. on Facebook or mm-hmm. other apps, and I was just focusing on my breathing and observing the world and mm-hmm. uh, and it's kind of crazy 
But you know, since 2007, when the iPhone came out, then that's the, like that concept of doing that is insane. And I had <laughs> a friend of mine who I won't, uh, who you know, who I won't mention this person's name, who wanted to, we were we were going to go for walks because this person wanted to do that, right? And I told them you can come with me, but you have to leave your phone at home. And that was like good. A, that was a deal breaker. Really? Yeah. So. <laughs> So it that never, is so it never fascinating. Happened. So I'm still going to work on him. But I mean, when I was a kid, we used to go to the... I lived down the street from the, the Burlington Mall, which was this gigantic mall. We used to go there all the time. And we would constantly having to be meet, meet each other right. at the payphone in front of Friendly's. Oh, yeah. And we had, to, <laughs> we had to time it. We didn't have anything. Right, right. So we had to rely on... You had to rely on honoring your commitment to your friend and showing up. Right, so. where you couldn't just, you know, bag out at the last minute. Oh, no, you had to be uh, there. With a text, yeah. Yeah. So. No, it's it's diff- it's definitely different and what used to be the default has has um become the exception. Yeah. Where like taking a 2-hour walk and and purposefully saying, you know what? I'm not going to I'm not going to bring my phone. Yeah. I'm going to just I'm I'm going to unplug. I'm going to get past the anxiety of doing that. Um and yeah, I, I I find that idea. I have to build that into to if I do it, I have to build it into my day. Okay. But you know, I I started using um, especially at the studio, and I needed like develop this habit more. But I started using um, the driving mode on my phone, which means it doesn't alert you. <sighs> no, which do? which what it does is it sends anybody trying to get a hold of you a text. Oh, I've seen that. And yeah, and it's just, you know, it's like an auto text feature saying, you know, whatever, whatever the message you want to send, it'll send it. And then it also says, if this is an emergency, text back emergency and it will come through. Okay. Okay. So I, I love that. I think it's, it's that feature is long overdue and, and I love it. I just need to remember to use it more. Yeah. So tell me about when you started producing artwork was this something that you did as a kid were you like the artsy kid oh yeah oh yeah well because it it was um for me i was very very um (laughs) you wouldn't know it now but i was very introverted growing up and i was very shy um that is surprising. Yeah, yeah, be, yeah. Uh, because I'm pretty much the opposite now, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm much more demonstrative and you know talkative and all of those things. But I still have those tendencies. And yeah. um, so, art did something for you. Art, yeah. Art was well. Yeah, I think art was everything. It was. It was. Um, you know, I've heard other people talk about. Uh, I wasn't. An only child, but I was in situations where I was alone a lot. Okay. And so that was my world. You know, that I mean, it was the world of make believe and the the world of creating things. So I used to make these little um uh uh construction paper cities. Okay. And I was just I was always interested in creating and and you know doing something with my hands and then um what was, age was this about oh god this was probably preschool 
Oh, okay. So little. Yeah, little yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you were always creating something. Yeah, and then I the first the first art project in in you know memory um, that I that I remember is I think it was second grade, and um, the assignment was to do a self portrait, and I remember I did the self portrait. I you know sort of vaguely remember it as far as what it looked like, but. I think we did it in, it was, I think it was temp, you know, we used to use tempera paint, like oh, poster yeah. paints. Remember temp- those? Yeah, I do remember those. And uh, I just remember my teacher loved it and put it, I don't know, maybe, you know, how they used to, there used to be like, they would put it in a display case or something in the hall. I don't know, yes. something like that. Yeah. And um, I just, and I got such a thrill out of that meaning being something being um, said as something special yeah and that that i could like i could do this i could make something and that someone else would appreciate it that way and and i think from that point on i was hooked wow because um and you know that's the that's the power that speaks to the power of uh teachers right and and just you know, adults in your life yeah. giving you that kind of encouragement. You know, it's funny. I, I recorded a podcast um, b- before you, mm-hmm. and um, the person mentioned teachers as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I meant to ju- I meant to mention this because it means so much to me that I think that the power of teachers is really underrated. When, whenever I meet someone that tells me that they're a teacher, particularly like an elementary school teacher, right. I tell them you have the most important job because teachers can make such a difference. I mean, my third grade teacher, Miss Mack, I was sort of a little bit of a problem child in like first and second grade. And Miss Mack, she like changed me and she okay. embraced me. I don't know what she did, but I yeah. I became behaved and wow. she kind of changed my self-esteem. Was Adderall it, around then? Um it was not. She put it in your did she put it in your juice? She didn't, but I would have <laughs> I definitely would have been on it uh when I was a kid. But no, she definitely made such an impact on me and my fourth grade teacher as well. And that's what this guy Brian who I was talking to, yeah. he had a similar experience with a teacher who introduced him to theater and he said it just changed him and I'm yeah. so glad that you brought that up um, because I do think that teachers can make uh, such an amazing difference. Yeah, and and um, it's a double-edged sword too, right? Because I, uh, I was fortunate in that I had that experience in second grade, and then in high school again, I had a, a, a like this wonderful um, teacher who was so encouraging so encouraging and um you know uh it was the same thing i thought well okay that was that was really the the difference between saying um okay i don't you know i don't know if i can do this and i can do this meaning in art or just in general definitely in art but i think um for me there's there's transference right like if 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 I can be successful in one area, which is, you know, again, as, as, as a painter, and um, I mean like an individual painting maybe, it's like, oh, well, I really, I worked on this and I, and I created this and I love the results. Well, for me, that like bolsters me 
in the rest of my life. Of course. Because if I'm feeling and if I'm feeling good about my work, I tend to feel good about other things. Yes. Just as if I'm not feeling good about my work, because there's many times when I feel like, okay, I, I'm a fraud. I don't know how to paint. I'm st- like sometimes you walk in the studio. I don't know about you, but I walk in the studio and I think, okay, I'm starting from scratch. I know nothing. And I, felt, I, you know, I have to I relearn everything. Way. It's like, you know, I was like uh, paralyzed and I'm learning to walk again. So that's interesting that you talk about, what did you call it? Tra- transference? Yeah. So if you are, uh, so do you think it's a good thing that the way you feel about things yourself in other areas of your life um, is affected by what you can do in in the studio because I think that's common that people are going to feel um, get a self esteem boost if yeah. they're having su- successes at work, but I mean, but then there's there's the school of thought that it shouldn't really matter, you know, it, right. you know how you feel about yourself should be not uh, should not, not be tied. A, should not be affected by this physical world yeah. type thing. Well, yeah, in a perfect world. Okay. Right. I, I in a perfect world, and and that's the goal. Like I I would love it if my self esteem wasn't tied to anything external. Yeah. But I have a long way to go. Yeah. And I would rather have it be tied to my work. Yeah. Than other external things that I have much less control over. Yeah. So I think that we could work this to our advantage because we talked about how when you're in front of your canvas you do have a lot of control and influence right. on what you're producing. Right. So if you are linking how you feel about yourself and in the world to what's happening on the canvas, at least it's something that you do have some control over. Um, I know that for me... It's still going to be mercurial, though, depending upon how your day goes in the studio. Yeah, no, that that's true. Yeah. I know that I can... Um, and I don't know if this is good or bad, but I know that like working out, like lifting weights, stretching and running, like those are things that I love to do. Yeah. And they make... When I'm... I, I'm in a lot of control over that. When I'm in the gym, I don't have any distractions. I'm not thinking about anything else other right. than my workout. Um, and, you know, my run, I'm pretty much in control of that. Right. And so that is a section of my day where it's a little bit of a booster, like a self-esteem booster, yeah. because I know that I'm going to be getting predictable results mm-hmm. and I can really kind of control it. And it's sort of, and it's kind of helpful. Does, it, does that make sense? Oh, I, I agree wholeheartedly because I, I, I think those, like you pinpointed two areas that, um, yeah, there's a lot of control there. You can, you can control like showing up and being there and you can't always control how you feel that day. But, um, and, and I'm speaking um, to exercise and working out, but I will say that I have never gone um, to the gym in a bad mood and not felt better when it was over. Okay. So it, 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 that, uh, the results of that are, are always, uh, predictable. Yeah. Well, and I think that in general, I mean, this is going like in a different topic, Uh but I think that, um, like physical activity, like the gym running and exercise, I think that it is a huge booster to mood 
anxiety, mm -hmm. depression. Yeah. Um, I think that it definitely, uh, I mean, and those aren't, those aren't things that I have huge issues with, but it definitely, I do have them like right. hu any human being. Right. And they definitely, um, improve all of it. And I think that it seems to me like that's something that, um, people could adopt and it would be very helpful. Yeah. Well, and it goes back to, um, that word again, transference, right? Because I think that um, if I'm not feeling great um, emotionally, mentally, whatever, um, if I can get myself to do those things, if yeah. I can get myself moving, and that's that's not, I can't always, but um, if I can get myself moving, if I can, you know, just, uh, switch up that energy, because I think that's what it is for me, and um, once I once I change that energy a bit and 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 get things moving a little bit, then it it becomes easier. And mm -hmm. just as um, I think, when I think about or when I actually get to the studio, like if I'm at home, um, and this is the this was the the detriment to working at home. There were too many distractions, yeah. and it was too hard to shut those things out. I did it, but it was much more challenging. Yep. Um, so, yeah, just sometimes being, even just being in a different space yeah, make, makes a difference to me. Yep, I would yeah. agree. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you a question that everyone probably asks you, which is where do you get your inspiration? I know that um, you're, when I was in the studio with you, I was surrounded by your paintings. Mm -hmm. It was basically what was decorating the, the walls of our ca cavernous studio. Um, and they're very interesting. The subject your subject matter is very Thank unique. You. And, um, and I mean that in a very positive way. It's Thank very you. unique. It's very strong. Can you tell me, what can you tell me about where this comes from? Um, sure. I think it depends on what, what I'm doing. Um, I've, I've always, so I mentioned working on portraits. Um, that, was, that was really, again, it goes back to when I was very young. I mean, that was the first thing I ever did was I did a self-portrait and then I, I would sit and draw um, portraits of, uh, you know, other people out of magazines and things. Okay. And I would do pencil drawings. So that's one thing that fascinates me and um what 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 fascinates you the, doing 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 portraiture and, oh, okay. and just because especially if it's a commission it's sort of um not that it's collaborative in the true sense of the word but I think it's 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 sort of passively collaborative because that person, yeah, they want they want you, like they want your style, whatever in that work, hopefully. But they, but it also it's sort of like you know, me, almost meeting them halfway, where it, it still ha you still have to capture something, right? Yeah. So it's not just going into the studio and doing absolutely whatever you want. Understood. Do you think that um, knowing the the person, like I know you you did a portrait of our friend John, who you right. know very well, right? Um, is that does that influence the output? Absolutely. Yeah. For me, I, in fact, um, the the method I have found that I that I really like uh, to use when it comes to this is because I work from photographs exclusively, 
And um, so I love to have I love to have somebody come to my studio and hang out for a while. I did this with the the current piece I'm working on, and um, this was a, a new friend, and we were just getting to know each other. Okay. But um, he hung out in the studio all day, and I do think for me, it's were just, you were you were you painting him? No, or was he just, no, no, you no, were working no. on something else. Yeah, no, and I was I was well, we we were basically just hanging out, and we were talking, and. I, you know, ostensibly I was working on something else, but not really. Um, but it was good because I think that um, what I part of what I want to capture in um, a portrait, it's not just about getting that perfect likeness. Yep. Because to me, you know, everybody has seen those, right? They're sort okay. of, you know, they can be sort of institutional. Like, you know, like, you know, you think of the like cliche of like this old banker you know in a three-piece suit no it's more about um if i'm around somebody and i see the way they move you know and i see their mannerisms and it's their their countenance right and that informs what i'm doing and and it it informs it subconsciously so it's and again it's that thing where maybe it's not when I'm with someone, maybe it's not registering that that I'm, um, you know, taking in this information. Yep. But I am. Yeah. And I know it because I've tried to do portraits where that hasn't happened, and they're much more challenging. Right. Do you think it's a situation where if you step away and you have a couple nights sleep, your brain is sort of, you know, reassembling the story for you? I do. I do. I think there's a lot to be said. I think that. Another challenge for me um, these days is everything, people want to move so fast and people do move really fast and everything just, you know, seems to click along um, at this great clip. And the thing about art is, and this this axiom is true, art takes time. Mm-hmm. And, you, and I find that I have to let things simmer and marinate and and you know to use all those um cooking analogies but they do and and it's helpful if they do for me that's that's definitely part of my process okay yeah that makes sense yeah so other things i mean i can talk about the the last series that i did um which was really you know planned out and and it was for a show which is great because as you know having having that goal having that objective really helps line things up. Yep. Um so yeah, I wanted to explore some different themes and for me um the inspiration was because I like I like to paint a lot of uh disparate things. Okay. And I wanted to figure out a way that I could create a framework to um, paint different objects and and different images um, that I was interested in, but have it be more cohesive. So meaning meaning each piece of work would be cohesive. Each or? piece of work, but then the series itself. Okay. So let's say I did eight pieces, and I I wanted common a common theme to to run throughout them. So I I think I picked. Um, like three or four types of imagery and juxtapose those 
into um, these these digital collages and then um, painted those from the from you know made the paintings the physical paintings okay. o- oil on canvas from the collages okay and that was and and I like you know that was just a method of working that um, I, I had seen another painter do something similar and I asked her about her process mm-hmm. and she was kind enough to share that with me um, and so I thought okay well then this is I can do this and um, yeah I love that because again um, my one of my biggest challenges as a painter is narrowing the scope of of what I'm doing and trying to really hone in meaning having having everything re- like what do you mean by that as far as subject matter and um whittling it down to the essence of what um moves me okay right um because if i i have to find something um in that subject that resonates with me or oh Totally right, or or it it um, it represents uh, something in my personality or my psyche or you know within me that I that I want to express on the canvas Com- completely. Right? And, I, and I will tell you what I do because you're spending a lot of time with this subject matter, right? So you have to feel either like it. Or you have to f- feel inspired by it, exactly. or you have to feel that what you're expressing is something important. Right. So what I do is, I don't know if you remember this. I used to, I do tons of sketches beforehand, and I call it dating. So I'm basically dating the subject matter to see if I'm ready for a commitment. I hadn't heard you uh, use that term before. I've seen you do it, but uh, but dating that's a great way to. So I'll just do like, I'll do a bunch of, you know, could in some cases, it's quite a few sketches. And sometimes I will do a quick acrylic painting or a quick uh, watercolor painting to see if this really, is there really... speed dating. Speed dating, speed dating. (laughs) Is there something in here? Because sometimes you think a painting is going to be, you think there's something special. And once you start doing it, you're like, there's really nothing here. And then sometimes a subject matter... It, it looks like it might be interesting. And once you start with it, you're like, wow, this is great. There is like yeah. some shapes in here that you can really bring out in the painting. But yeah, so I call it dating and to see if I am ready for a commitment. So it sounds like you kind of do something similar or? Well, um, yeah, I think that um, do, definitely doing the, um, like doing the digital, putting, putting the digital collages mm-hmm. together definitely uh, serves that purpose, um, but what I want to say too is um, absolutely. I'm and I and I think I want to employ that what what you just said, doing that more. Maybe I have a hard time. Um, I don't when I when I do a painting though, like if it's if unless it's based on one of the collages, I don't ever ever sketch. You don't? Okay. No, not anymore. And um, I like the immediacy of of the paint, but. Yep. Um, and I'm pretty confident, you know, that when I do find something that, int- you know, and it's, it could be anything, but when it interests me and it, it strikes my fancy or, you know, moves me or whatever, I'm pretty confident about it. But 
I guess maybe I spend more time in my head and it might behoove me to do some of that sketching because like I, I do spend an awful lot of time thinking about yeah. what I'm going to paint. Yeah. And if you put it on the paper, maybe that could help. Exactly. Um, help the, the process go quicker. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of what we talked about had to do with being in the studio, but we also made a lot of mapping to things in the real world. Right. Um, so are there a couple things that you could tell people that are listening to this that could help them move things forward in their life or to help them embrace their creativity or to sure. get themselves unstuck? unstuck. Well, the, un- the unstuck one is good um, because uh, obviously if you're a creative person, that, I mean, you're going to experience that. And I experience times where I feel very stuck I think that one of the ways I have found um, to work with that is I I am very much a, a technology person, so um, I use a lot of apps. Uh, I I use Pinterest for that very reason. Okay, because to get inspiration. I do, and, and I I love I love keeping um, inspiration boards, and I love the feature in Pinterest um, where it it will it will show you things that you might be interested okay. in. And, and you I feel f- like it's accurate. Uh, not always, right, and I but. think you know how uh, there's an algorithm. So the more I th- the more things that you click that you like or however it's done I forgot but um the more accurate it's going to be okay. obviously but um yeah I mean I I have discovered uh new artists new painters that I like I have discovered them that way okay great yeah yeah and so that you know I I I, uh, I read uh I don't know if we talked about this but you're familiar with the artist's way yes okay so I, I did the, after having the book for 20 years, I did the course and uh, it, um, it made a lot of sense because yeah. she talks about this thing called filling the well. Okay. And this is a part of the process that I realized after, after doing the exercises in that book, it's very important. So um, meaning you allow yourself this time to basically uh, wick things up, okay, right? You have to be a sponge. And, and um, even to the point where, you know, she has you going out and taking yourself out on these little field trips. Okay. Because they're inspiring. Yes. And it doesn't, it, there's not a lightning bolt that comes out of the sky and hits you. Sometimes there is, okay. right? And that's nice when that happens. But so much of this, I think... Um, comes with some careful planning and or or I should say deliberate planning right like okay I'm gonna look I'm gonna spend an hour in my studio today looking at images mm-hmm. um, that's essential yes. and when I get stuck a lot of times that does get me unstuck okay yeah great so um, the other thing I want to say is <sighs> So much of it, as you know, is showing up even when you don't feel like it. And if I, agree if, with if, that. if I waited to be inspired to show up, 
then I would be waiting a long time. So that's it. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. This was a really fun conversation. Absolutely. I had a, I had a blast. So it was great. Thank you. Thank you for asking. You're very welcome. And where can people see your art or learn more about you? Okay. So I am on Instagram uh, at Bradley Lowell. And then my website is uh, BradleyLeslie.com. So should I spell that? Yeah, spell yeah, it. Okay. B-R-A-D-L-E-Y-L-E-S-L-I-E.com. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Ricky McGeckrin, and you have been listening to Eager to Know, the podcast. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Eager to Know podcast. 